All right, three, two, one. Bismillah. Assalamu alaikum, guys. Welcome to the Omarpreneur Live podcast, your favorite podcast that features Muslim entrepreneurs at the top of their game. And in this special episode, I have with me none other than Sister Zakia Alexander. Now, Zakia Alexander is a hair scalp. Alaikum salam. It's an honor and a pleasure to have you. I want to introduce her because she's just an incredible entrepreneur human being. She's a hair scalp specialist, a kitchen alchemist, and founder at Bloomseed. And Bloomseed, if you haven't heard of them before, they're a brand that specializes in personalized hair care specifically for women of color. So if you ever watched Madam CJ Walker on Netflix, you know what that's like. There is a certain product quality and a certain product tailorment, essentially, that needs to happen for a woman of color. And she's doing that. And she's taken up that charge and that activity for herself. And they have a luxury line of cruelty-free hair care products that are free from harmful chemicals and toxins. And they're all made using completely natural ingredients of the highest quality, guys. So if you haven't heard of them, definitely check them out. And today I have the founder herself, Sister Zakia. Thank you for being on the show. It's an honor Thank to have you. Thank you for having me. Alhamdulillah, it's really a pleasure to have you and for you to be here. And I'm so excited to dive into all of the topics that we're going to talk about today in terms of your products, your, your head spot that you recently opened mm -hmm. in Toronto, as well as just the journey that you went through to create this amazing brand. So we really start off every single episode with asking the guests the same question, which is, can you tell us a little bit about the journey, the transformation that you went through that inspired you to become an entrepreneur and create Bloomseed? Well, um, <laughs> I'll start by saying that I actually initially started out by going to a fashion school. I went to the International Academy of Design for Fashion, and I thought that's initially what I wanted to do. Um, but um, being there really exposed me to the world of beauty and creating collections and creating niche um, clothing. Um, it taught me a lot about business. And so that's originally how I started out. Um, when we created collections, um, they were for different seasons. And it's so interesting when I fast forward today and think of it, um, products, you create products based on the seasons. Uh, so mm. if it's really cold outside, you gotta change it up. Yeah. And when it's hot, you gotta change it up. And it also exposed me in terms of creating stuff that looked really beautiful. So when I think about packaging and stuff like that, um, fast forward to today, I really think about packaging and color. So the world of fashion and beauty really exposed me to that, um, that whole big uh, industry. Mm -hmm. So that was initially how it started. Amazing. But also um, I am from an um, entrepreneurial family. So family that made, my grandparents made livelihoods with their hands, cobbling and molding. Like if I think about my grandfather, he was a cobbler and he had his own shoe store. And my grandmother, she made these beautiful floral bouquets out of like molds that she created, um, wax bouquets actually. And that was her business. My mom um, growing up always her uh, displaying true beauty in her natural hair and just really taking care of herself. Mm -hmm. And so, and then my father at the time, he was a musician, he still is a musician, but his incessant need on detail and perfection. So having that sort of um, upbringing really inspired me to create the beauty line that I have today and to become an entrepreneur. Um, 
yeah, so that, that's really how I started. Uh, for me, it's just been a really wonderful journey. And yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm I'm glad. Glad. <laughs> yeah, of course. But so you so you basically grew up in in a in an environment of entrepreneurship, which is really interesting because a lot of the people that maybe watch this uh, podcast or listen to it, uh, they sometimes haven't maybe grown up in that specific environment, and they decided to do it themselves. Yourself growing up within an environment like this, has it affected you in any way in starting and growing your business? Has it maybe given you some certain edges in terms of mindset, knowing that, you know, there's going to be struggle in business, there's going to be hardship, but you have to tough it out. Things that maybe, you know, we don't really necessarily are aware of if we're just starting from scratch and we think, you know, it's going to be easy or, you know, eventually we'll, we'll be very successful. And we can have this notion of entrepreneurship that may be a little bit more glamorized than the real mm-hmm. thing, but you've witnessed the real thing. Has that impacted you? Has that helped you in your journey? I would say it's definitely helped me because, before even deciding to make products and open up a head spa, I tried many other things um, creatively. And it, it never really stopped me um, when I didn't succeed in those areas. It just mm-hmm. made me kept, keep going. So watching my parents, um, seeing my, my father always working hard, that sort of kept me going and kept me uh, positive throughout every challenge along the way. So I think it's been really beneficial in having that as an example growing up. Alhamdulillah, definitely. Yeah. Having those examples and, and being surrounded by that energy is just so powerful. And that's why even for entrepreneurs that start off or that are growing their business, I always recommend, you know, get yourself in a place where you're surrounded by other entrepreneurs yeah. and you have that environment because it's so important to have that support and those other people that understand what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, now, yeah. Blo- Bloom Seeds, like, yeah, you created a brand and it's specifically a hair care brand for women of color. And we know women of color have a specific texture. They have specific needs when it comes to hair. Why, what, what made you to, what prompted you, I guess, to, to take that decision and go down that specific path? Well, it was partly from my experience. Um, when I decided to do a big do the big chop back in 2004, my hair was permed mm-hmm. and I decided that I wanted to go natural. I was looking for products for my own hair and I really couldn't find anything. And mm-hmm. so eventually, it, it, with the encouragement of my family, it in, inspired me to start creating my own products based on things that I had learned from my mother, um, little recipes that she had used for self-care, and my grandmother growing herbs in her backyard in Trinidad. It just inspired me to say, hey, I can start this. I remember what grandma used to use. I remember what my mom used to use. And so I decided to do that. So that experience of not having those things inspired me to uh, you know, encourage me. Um, so I'm sort of getting lost here. Um, really prompted me to decide that, okay, you know what? There's nothing for women of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and then experiences with like talking to friends and talking to family about their hair struggles. And, you know, you hear, oh, well, either my hair is permed, it's not growing, I don't know what to do or those that were natural and they had nothing for their hair, you know, whether it be colleagues or friends. So having that same conversation over and over and over again, I was like, maybe there's a hole in the market. Maybe there's something missing here. So initially they didn't come right away, but just having those conversations over and over really inspired me to have a brand for women of color. And not that, um, like currently I have clients that are not necessarily have maybe have kinky hair. They maybe just want healthy hair and they come. Um, but I know I, from my experience, 
they're not having a, a, a place for women to go, especially hijab women. That's like another yeah. layer. <laughs> them to go to a place where it's um, private for myself even, that was like, okay, there's something here that that's missing. So I guess it's a mixture. Mm-hmm. And there's two things that you mentioned that I want to touch upon. Number one is something that I always tell, you know, my coaches and, and the entrepreneurs that I work with, and they always come back and ask, why do we have to do this? And you, you just said it yourself, which is the market research. Okay. Yeah. The fact that you went and you realized you had a problem, you were facing some sort of struggle in your life and you thought, well, are there other people who can also relate to this problem? We can relate to this struggle. And you mentioned it yourself. You talked to friends and family, and they also expressed these same issues, these same struggles that they were going through with their hair. And so yeah. you realize, look, there's a bigger problem here. And that in itself is really the foundation of any business. It's when you talk to other people and realize, well, this is a common problem. And so if I bring a solution, there's yeah. potential for something successful to happen here. And that's really the core foundation of any great business. So I'm really happy that you mentioned that, Subhanallah. That's amazing. The second thing is, uh, I think you touched upon, and I think we were talking now in the context of your head spa, which was created a little bit later, and we'll also touch on a bit later. But from what I understand, it's a space only for women, and it's completely private so that even hijabis can come and get their hair treated. Is that correct? Yes, it is. It is. Mm. And that was really important for me. Like, just talking to friends, I don't have any place to go. I, you know... And it was like, you know what? No, we need to, we need a place to go that we can do our hair and take care of our hair and feel beautiful and Amazing. practice healthcare like everybody else. So um, I seen it as something that was really important for me to do, yeah. given the fact that I had the ability to do it. Amazing. That's amazing, Michelle. And just to know that that's out there is just, I love it because that's what we need. And it's, we need these spaces where, you know, we want to, I really want to make sure, and this is why I love to promote for yourself that you know, when we're building these things as Muslims, we understand, okay, there's needs for certain people. You know, we had Ola, she's uh, another great entrepreneur here on a few other, uh, a few past episodes. I think it was number 15 or 14. And she essentially helps women um, get into swimming, Muslim women get into swimming, mm-hmm. right? Where this, there might be stigma around that for covered women to get into swimming, but she's trying to help break that barrier and help them get in there. And you as well, you're helping You're helping Muslim women be like, hey, listen, you know, there might not be standard hair salons for you out there, but I'll make sure that there's a space for you where you yeah. can still get the same amount of treatment and you can still do the things that other women can do Ooh, just yeah. because you're wearing the hijab shouldn't stop you. And I exactly. absolutely love that. That's amazing. Now, I want to rewind a bit because we'll, we're going to touch on the head spa a little bit later in the podcast, but I want to share with people really the the journey and the steps that you took once you had that idea, which is a lot of people that listen to this podcast are going through, they have a certain idea of a business they might want to start, or maybe they're, they've started and they're in those initial steps, right? And you had the idea, you realized this is what I wanted to do. You were initially in fashion, then you transitioned to, to hair care. What then were the steps that you took to turn it just from an idea that you had into an actual brand and product that you sold online. How, what was that journey like, if you can share it with me? Mm-hmm. Well, initially I didn't really have it totally mapped out. Um, it, it just sort of revealed itself along the way. Mm-hmm. So uh, like I was saying, when I decided to do the big chop and not having any products for my hair and then saying, okay, I'm going to make some stuff for myself. Yeah. Um, it then evolved to making products for friends and family. And with the encouragement and the fact that they really love the product, I then started selling with the encouragement of my mom. She would sell the products at work. 
And so, and then I started selling the products at work. So it just kind of evolved and I was like, okay, this is really good. And I started doing research on um, more products that I can make uh, or and things that I was using. So it, it evolved from there. And then after making the products for friends and family and selling it, I then used the money that I made to reinvest that money and get actual proper proper labels before I was making the labels and I was using dollar store jars. So I then bought some jars from like a Canadian um, bottle company and jar company. Um, And then after that period, I then, oh, I started, uh, had clients, friends and family come to my house. I just had a epiphany one day. I said, you know what? I'm doing these treatments on Saturdays. I'm taking care of my hair. Uh, This seems to really work for me. It'd be really nice to have to do this. And I would just invite like colleagues, like, hey, you want a treatment? Or, you know, we were talking about your hair the other day. Why don't you come to my house? I'll do I'll give you a treatment. And then that helped to build the blueprint and what was working. And I really, really loved it. And my sister, being in hair care, uh, she decided to go the hair care way. She said, you know what? I have a few clients that are struggling with their hair. They they need some help. Why don't you come and help? And I helped, and they were like, you should really have this service. Like, I really love this. And so from there, um, my sister said, okay, those products that you're making, why don't you just put some in the the shop? Like, why don't you, I'll I'll put a little cabinet together and you have them here and you sell them. So it just evolved. I just kept on going. I didn't give up. I just kept going with it. So after that, um, fast forward, I had my child and my last, my last child, I should say, no, Michelle, I'm a book. <laughs> hey, you know what, I'm going to take a year off work and I'm going to just work at my sister's salon and I'm going to try this out and I'm going to give it a real shot. And when I did that, Alhamdulillah, my clientele started building and started mm-hmm. building and started building. And I think it wasn't until that point when I was like, okay, you know what, I really need to get really serious about who is my clientele? What's my why? Why am I doing this? So it, it forced me to, and I was moving on to like venturing on my own. I sort of had that, at that point, I was like, okay, I, I do want to have my own spot. It would be really, really nice. But okay, then I need to solidify why I'm doing this, how I'm going to do this, um, what, who's my clientele, how much do I want to make, and those sort of things. And sort of like the business stuff, because I'm good with yeah. the creative stuff, but it forced me to think of more of the business side. And then when I ventured out on my own, which was really scary, and it was a leap of faith, I said, you know what? I believe in this. I know Allah has me. I'm going to take a leap of faith, and I'm going to go out on my own because I have a group of sisters behind me supporting me saying, you can do this. Mm-hmm. So I, I decided to do that. Um, and then I think it was really when I was on my own, when I had real responsibilities now, I, I said to myself, okay. I need to really plan things out. I need yeah. to plan what my next steps are going to be. I need to plan what social media is going to look like and what kind of posts I need to do and who that clientele is and how I want them to feel. So um, it was gradual, but every step of the way, you get more serious, you get with your paper and pen and your book, and you really try to really nail it down in terms of what are your next steps and where you really want this to go. So that, that was really my journey. And, and to anyone else wanting to, you know, do, do this, I would say really sit down with paper and pen and plan 
and mm. really detail about what is your why. So in the end, I really, that came out, but in, in the beginning, that wasn't the case. <laughs> Amazing, mashallah. So there's a few things that I want to highlight here. So you kind of went through a journey where you really started first in an organic way. You just, mm -hmm. you know, your sister worked uh, in a hair salon, if I'm correct. Yes. Yeah. So she worked in a hair salon and uh, she was in that industry and you were working on hair care products and you were just kind of making them yourself. You were the one actually brewing these products, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah which is amazing. This is why we call you the kitchen alchemist. So um <laughs> You were brewing the products and you just went and started giving her some that she can maybe share with her clients. Yeah. And then you went and, you know, put some of those products within that space and it slowly grew from there. Then you decided, okay, there's interest. I'm selling it to friends. I'm selling it to people that I know. Uh, let me start to build up, you know, a social media presence and, and a website. And to do that, of course, just like you mentioned, you had to get very clear on your branding, your marketing message. Yeah. So you had to figure out your why, who was going to be your customer, you know, yeah. how you had to position your brand, all of that good stuff. And it was kind of a gradual growth from there. And that's really, I think, the best way to grow these kind of brands, which is to start mm -hmm. with, okay, are my friends, family, people that I might know would they be interested in buying this people that yeah. have this problem if they are then chances are other people will if they aren't then it's going to be a bit difficult to sell yeah. to strangers <laughs> as well so that's that's a great first step that you took which is amazing mashallah and for people listening you know really the best thing is to just kind of create a little beta product and I'm, I'm guessing your first few jars they didn't have the bloom seed branding they weren't you know no. this perfect nice little <laughs> jar and right from the computer black and white <laughs> <laughs> that's it it was like in a jar you mentioned you went out to dollarama you got those yeah, jars but yeah i got people, the best it was i could get <laughs> that's it that's it and, and you made it work and that's really what i can tell you guys if you want to create a product yourself guys you know get a few little uh kind of iterations an initial test version done that's maybe a little bit cheaper and just see is there interest right is there people who are willing to buy this and then grow from there and make sure that you define your why you find out your marketing message before you start to create the shopify and all that good stuff yeah. um now sister zakia one thing that i do have to ask you uh and i think it's going to make for for some good conversation what was the biggest challenge once you went from that step when you know you were at the hair salon and you were starting to share these products it was you starting to see that growth and then transition to also growing that online and really trying to grow that online presence. What was the biggest challenge there to transition from retail to online? For me personally, I think it was mostly believing in myself. Okay. Interesting. It was just kind of getting through that hurdle of knowing that um, Allah has me, hmm. you know, getting past the fear and really just going out and saying, you know what? this is what my purpose is and believing that this is what my purpose is. I mean, I, there's times when I still waver, you know, I have those moments where I'm like, you know, the next thing that I'm deciding to do and it's like, ah, that fear kind of comes in. I think with every step of the way, um, just going on, like when I opened up my website and I started from there, even just before it was like ah, a little scary, but you know, really conditioning my mind that Allah put me here for a purpose, just like everybody else. Yeah. And I need to believe in that. And the minute I was able to believe in that, and then the moments that I'm able to believe in that, I'm able to pass, bypass that, and really focus in on, okay, what's the next post? Okay, what do I want this website? To? The vision really comes to life. It becomes mm -hmm. very clear when my mind is not fogged by fear and, and 
what I'm thinking may happen and that sort of thing. So I think it's more getting over the fear, getting over the anxiety and just really believing that Allah has a plan. Allah put me on here for a purpose. Alhamdulillah, mashallah. And that's really, I think, one of the biggest things. And it's something that to this day, I think every person struggle with, no ma- struggles with no matter what stage they're at. I mean, there's yeah. always... I don't think, you know, that confidence and that belief in, in yourself is something that you either have or don't have. I think it's something you have to train every single day yes. to to build inside of you, right? And and there are moments that are more difficult than others. We might be facing a few more challenges. We might be going through a phase where business is getting a little bit slower or yeah. things are not maybe going the way that we want them to go. But that's when it's most important to reinforce that mm-hmm. positive, you know, self-talk that we have within us. And and, and really remind ourselves of these basic principles that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a path for us and that whatever he wills for us to happen will happen, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and that's really just so important. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. Now, we already have a few questions coming into the comments, guys. So, we, <laughs> so make sure to keep bringing them on because yeah. when we get to our Q&A, I want to make sure that we're doing rapid fire. Yeah. Like, yeah, inshallah. So keep bringing in the questions, guys. Make sure that you're commenting. on. I, I'm really happy that you're entering this discussion. Uh, sister, you eventually started a spa, right? So you uh, grew the online brand, alhamdulillah. So you have the website, the Instagram, all that good stuff. And now you're like, okay, next step. As we mentioned earlier in the episode, I want to start a spa and I want to make sure that it also accommodates Muslim women. So it's private. They can come in, they can take off their hijab, which Mm -hmm. is a beautiful and amazing thing. Now, some people might listen to that and be like, well, you know, retail, that sounds like it costs a lot of money. That sounds like it's going to be very complicated. At what stage did you feel like you were ready to to go down the retail path and open up your own spa. And what was that process like? At what phase in your business do you think it, it's a good phase to do that for someone that's listening to this? Well, for me, when I decided um, that I wanted to open up my own space, a lot of it was encouragement from my family. Mm-hmm. You know, they really believed in me. Even at times when I didn't believe in myself, they're like, you can do this. You can yeah. do this. And you know, the woman that would come through when I was working with my sister, they would say, you know what, you need to have some, like, this is not, this is not a want, this is a need, like, we need this for our hair. So I felt really um, invigorated by hearing that. And so just having that constant support really made me decide that, no, I am going to go out and do this. And even though I signed that paper, that lease (laughs) to go in and open up this new space, that was scary. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what can happen. Um, But I said, you know what? I am praying. I'm, Allah has me. And I kept trying to condition my mind that that was, you know, what was going to happen and I was going to be fine. So it really is a leap of faith. It really yeah. is a leap of faith. You just mm. you just decide that that's what you're going to do and you just stick with it. So for me, that's what it was. Um, and for those, I would say, just take the leap. Sometimes, I, I don't know if there's like a, the perfect time. I right. think when you, just, when you just feel it, when you feel excited, if it invigorates you, and as long as you know that the need is there as well, of course. you just got to do it. And that was it for me. The need was there. It made me so excited to think just the thought around it. And I decided that, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Amazing, mashallah. And that's, I think, a pretty real and honest answer, which is, you know, there, is, there isn't a set. And I think it's really true for 
almost all businesses, there isn't a set time to get to that next level. There isn't a set time where, you know, everything's going to be working out perfectly and that's it. You just smoothly expand. It's always going to be a risk. It's always going to be a challenge, but once you feel it, then go for it. But you also mentioned a word of warning, which is also important guys, make sure you have that proof of concept first, make sure that you actually have established um, interest in your brand and your product and that people are buying them, which is a big thing. And you have that, mashallah, which is awesome. Uh, now, for the head spa right now, how long has this been open? On my own, mm-hmm. it's been a year. Mashallah, amazing. That, when I was working with my sister, it was for two years. Okay. So, yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. still new on my own. <laughs> that, that, that's beautiful, mashallah. And, and not only do you also have that space for Muslim women, it's also for non-Muslim women. It's really yeah, for exactly. all women. Is that correct? Exactly. Most of my clientele is not Muslim, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Both of them are not Muslim, but um, yeah, it's for for Muslim, non-Muslim sisters. Um, I do cater to people who don't necessarily have textured hair. Um, maybe yeah. they just want healthy hair. You know, Muslim just want healthy hair, and they come in. I'm open yeah. to that as well. So that's, yeah, that's amazing. And I have a question for you, and and I want to ask that, and it's really just to kind of get a funny story out of you or, or an interesting statement, but it's, you know, you mentioned you cater lots of non-Muslim women, right? They walk into the head spa or, you know, yeah. they might go on bloom seed and they realize, oh, wow, this is hair care products by a woman that wears the hijab. Yeah. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever gotten any funny questions about that? Any any interesting discussions that came from that? You know, it's, it's interesting how, for the most part, they haven't really asked me questions about my hair or anything. Wow, that's amazing. Okay. You know what? When I, okay, so before this, I wasn't wearing hijab. When I started making the products, um, I wasn't wearing hijab. And a lot of my friends and family, they would say, well, how are you going to do this? Because nobody gets to see your hair anymore. Mm. How, how are they going to know that your products really work? And I used to question myself, like, really, how, how are they going to know? Because I took so much pride in taking care of my hair. And that was like, I was like a walking model because of my hair, which, you know, using that to, you know, show, you know, that these products work. But then I, when I decided to cover on my own, I, I did kind of struggle with that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I just, I guess I just had a, an epiphany one day and I said, you know what, I'm going to be me and I'm going to do exactly what um, our faith says, which is cleanliness, taking care of yourself the way you treat people, the way you walk in the world. I'm going to really focus on that. And and inshallah, inshallah, that hopefully will shine through. People will be able to look past that and see me for who I am. And now, in, now, fast forward, sometimes I talk to my clients. Like some of them have seen my hair. There's times, you know, I know just me and them and I can take off my hijab and they're like, oh, wow. And, I'm like, and I may ask them, you know, how did you think my hair was there? Help me. Well, I see how you dress. You're always dressed really nice. You're always clean. I assume that your hair must look on point because <laughs> of the way you carry yourself. Mm. So it's really interesting to hear how they felt about it. But I really focused on just being a sincere person, being truthful, um, coming out, you know, clean clothes and dressed really professionally. And yeah. That's where my focus basically went to. That's amazing, mashallah. And I just want to highlight like just how amazing that is and how powerful that is, guys. Because for all of you listening right now, for all of you watching, 
to, to think about that for a second, I mean, that Sister Zakia decided, not only did she create this brand, it's for hair care, it's for women of color, and you decided to cover, mashallah, which is amazing. May Allah accept that from you. And the fact that you decided to do that and, and your specialty is literally hair care for women. I mean, just the amount of courage that took and the amount of reward, inshallah, that you get from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that is going to be immense. And, and, you know, a lot of people would have said, you know, maybe that's my company. What's going to happen to that? My risk, you know, yeah. what's going to happen to that? This is, you know, should I have to do this. I have to provide for the family. I can't cover. This is going to cause issues. Yeah. People, I'm going to get questions. I'm going to get judged. I mean, people who don't even have that as a barrier have mindset blocks in regards to you know wearing the hijab right and, and i understand that i'm definitely not you know downplaying that i mean yeah. i can't even imagine how it is to just walk with your religion on your sleeve yes all day long <laughs> literally and you know especially with the way unfortunately islam is perceived sometimes so mm -hmm. i'm not downplaying that at all but the fact that you not only had those challenges that everyone has but on top of that you had the you know the hair care brand literally that you specialize in and you still decided to go for that is just Amazing, mashallah. And it's a testament, guys, for all of you listening to the fact that if ever you face an issue in your business, if ever you face an issue in your job, in your employment, in any situation where you realize I might have to compromise on my dean yeah. to, to, to make money, to succeed in my job, to grow yeah. this business, that is never a valid excuse. And yeah. Allah will not reward that for you. But for Sister Zakia, who still decided I'm going to go forward with this, and I will not compromise on my deen. I will not let that become an issue. You can, as you can see, Alhamdulillah, Allah has still allowed her to grow this business and her clients are very happy to work with her. And, you know, there's, there's no issues there. So for all of you that might be facing these mindset blocks, I just really want to highlight this because it's such a beautiful point. And I think it's just an amazing thing to touch upon. So really, thank you for sharing that, sister. It's yeah. really an awesome testament. <laughs> to just the strength of your faith and also just the, the power that you have as an entrepreneur. So... Sister, let's ask you a few more questions here uh, before we dive into the Q&A, inshallah, guys. If you guys have yeah. questions, make sure to drop them in the comments again. And if you're listening to this, the recorded version, make sure to join our group to interact with our, with our guests. When it came to right now where you are, so you have the head spa, you have the online store. My question to you now is, and I think this is more for me as mm -hmm. to, to kind of get pick your brain a little bit, but mm -hmm. how do you manage everything? How do you really wake up every single day and decide where you're going to work on and remain productive and ensure that, you know, you get your tasks done and you feel great at the end of the day and you can kind of take that time off. Mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you go about it? Well, I'm usually up <laughs> like four o'clock in the morning. Mashallah. Wow. Amazing. So I take that time to pray, uh, make extra prayer. I take that time also to do a little bit of meditation. And in my meditation, I think about, you know, where do I want to go? Um, where do I see myself? So I do a lot of, I'm big on positive thinking and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I start, start my day with a run and then I sit down and I, with my book and I plan out what are my tasks? Like, what do I need to accomplish? But I always try to focus on the bigger picture. Like, what do I want in the end? So inshallah, I I would love to open a bigger spot, um, you know, and employing more women to work and, you know, sort of supporting that. So I always, whatever my plans are, I sort of direct it towards what my end goal is. And I know, okay, this is the most important thing I need to do. It may not be emails right now. Yeah. It needs to be maybe, um, okay, my social media is one big thing that I always try to keep up with because most people are on there for me. And so I always 
focus there the most, but basically I'm just saying I focus on the most important thing that will get yes. me to my end result. And I mean, sometimes it's tough, you know, uh, sometimes it's tough, the distractions at home, family life, my kids and stuff like that can kind of, you know, but then if I don't get through those tasks, I know the next day I, the ones that I didn't check off, I go back to and I'm like, okay, that, this one is at the head of the list. So sometimes it doesn't work out, but for the most part, I try to knock out the really important things. I hope that Amazing. answers your question. <laughs> Amazing, Michelle. No, no, of course, definitely. And there's there's a few things you know I want to touch. Number one, um, I'm really happy to hear that you run because this is something that I recently got into, and I just realized the power of running. It's so yeah. uh, rejuvenating to to do. It's such a rejuvenating activity. It really increases your energy, and it also really just feels amazing. And I didn't yeah. know that. Cause I, I've always didn't. Like my creative juices start to flow. Yeah, I, I, I start thinking about things. I'd be like, oh, maybe I should come up with another treatment. And I'm like, yeah. And then when I get home, I'm like, right, I can write it down. Amazing. It's really crazy. So I, I really like running for that reason as well. Mashallah, that's amazing. Honestly, and that's what it is. And, and, and guys, there's really scientific backing behind that, which is when you're running, when you're doing exercises, no matter what exercise you do, but we've, I've talked about it a lot. I talk about it to my coaches all the time to kind of do your exercise in the morning because it really increases that blood flow to mm -hmm. your brain and all across your body. And so your brain kind of really activates yeah. and starts to you know come up with these amazing ideas, which is uh, not going to happen if you're waking up sluggish and, and the yeah. first thing you do is get on the computer, right? <laughs> That's, the, the ideas you're going to get are probably not going to be very high quality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I'm tired. I need to go back to bed. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's pretty much the, the extent of, of what you're going to get to. But yeah. that's amazing, mashallah. And one thing as well that you talked about, which is to start with the end in mind. Um, and, it's, and it's a big thing because especially as an entrepreneur, the more your business grows, the more there are tasks that you can work on. The yeah. more things yeah. you can work on, the more Definitely. things you can focus on. And, and there's always a giant to-do list. Um, but I, re I read this book, and I'm not sure if you read it. It's called The One Thing. Is that something that you read? Okay. Because the way you talk, it's like you, you really follow that principle, which is essentially this book talks about how as an entrepreneur, once you grow, you have to focus on the 80-20 rule, which is... 20 yeah of course yeah so 20% yeah. of of what you work on is going to give you 80% of your results yeah. and and so you know you have 100 tasks that you can work on but only 20 of them are probably going to be what you need to do to get yeah. to where you want to be inshallah and the rest is you know can be maintenance can be design can be other things that don't really make the business move and in my opinion if you're at a stage where you know you, you kind of have that really big task list and your business is a little bit bigger go ahead and start delegating some of those yeah. tasks that need to be done every day, right? That's a big yeah. thing. So delegating is huge. Have you hired any members to help you with this brand so far? Right now, it's me and my family. So my husband Dang. and my children, they're always like packing boxes or, <laughs> you know, answering emails. Like they're the ones that are helping me right now. But that is definitely on my to-do list. Like if I get, get somebody to do my social media, that would be a huge relief. <laughs> That's such a big thing for me too. Honestly, it's always like, um, like I need, like uh, this is just huge because uh, it's really crazy that now, like a business can exist without being on social media. It's yeah. a huge, but at the same time, when you're an entrepreneur, you're doing it all yourself. Like these things, you just realize, like, like it, it kind of bothers me the time that I spend on there. Like, yeah. like I'm. Like you're, you're editing photos, you're making posts. Exactly. Exactly. You, know, you, you know you should be working on like high income, high output activities, <laughs> not editing a photo for Instagram. So I, it's, I yeah. feel your pain 100%. It's, it's, it's an, an unfortunate reality, but 
yeah. really the best thing is to try and delegate it when you can, inshallah. Yeah, so I'm totally there on that, that, that train. I'm like, now definitely need to delegate some of this stuff <laughs> a lot easier. So I definitely have to put that on my list and make sure I get that out there. And yeah. Definitely, definitely, inshallah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's just one of the steps that you take as you grow. And I'm happy that we get to touch upon that too. So I have one more question for you before you dive into Q&A, inshallah, sister. So mm -hmm. guys, again, if you have questions for Sister Zakia on creating a brand and as well maybe opening up some sort of retail location, a spa, her journey, and some questions about the business itself, drop them in the comments, inshallah, so we can ask them. And before we dive into that, one question that I ask every single guest is if you could meet Zakia from, you know, three, four years ago or whenever you started Bloomseed, right? When you were just mm -hmm. in those initial phases, you were still putting it in those jars and, you know, maybe getting some to your sister and you could tell her one thing. What would that one thing be? It's a good question. <laughs> Keep going. Mm. Keep believing. I think, because like I said, I have those struggling moments at times, but I had it more so then. <laughs> it was like, what's going to happen? Yeah. So keep believing you're on the right path. Don't give up. I think that's simply it. Alhamdulillah, that's amazing. And, and to be honest, it, it's really interesting when I ask that question, because a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs will say something along those lines. And it's not because it's cliche, but it's because it really boils down to just that, which is... A lot of people sometimes think, you know, I need, there's a strategy that this person has that I don't have, and that's what's making them successful. Or there is a secret marketing technique that that person knows, and I just need to find that out. Or, you know, this new funnel that I need to create. And, and they get caught up in all those shiny objects. But the truth is that the only thing you need to do is just keep fighting every single day. Mm -hmm. And eventually, you know, that door is going to open. If you keep knocking on the door every single day, eventually... Yeah that door will open inshallah, but you have to keep knocking. You can't yeah. knock once a week. You can't knock once a month. You can't knock once a year. You have to knock every single day because if you don't knock every single day, if you miss a single day, yep. that door is not going to open. You got to make sure to show up every single day inshallah. So again, I just want to just give a quick shout out to just all the gems that we're dropping right now on this podcast. Yeah. There's so much value here, mashallah. So it's amazing. Can um, I add one other thing? It just came in my mind. Please, yeah, please. Um, go. <laughs> I would also say to be, I would say, tell myself at that time to just be you. Because mm -hmm. I think there were moments where I'm like, okay, well, this person's doing this and this person's doing that. And that sometimes can cloud where you're meant to really go and what Allah has in store for you and how you're meant to be different. So mm -hmm. I think that is really important. Just be yourself. Put out stuff that represent who you are and what you believe in. And people see that when you come with that sort of honesty. So that would be a reminder I would tell myself at that time. Of course. And a lot of people, you know, they struggle with that. It's funny because when I was talking, I had a coaching call with uh, the students that were in my, on our program yesterday. And, 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 you know, they were sharing about how sometimes they might hesitate to show some personality because they yeah. think, oh, I need to be professional. I need to, you know, be, I'm the face of my brand. But it's, I, I keep really trying to stress to everyone that people these days, they don't really connect with brands. They don't connect with the faceless logo. They connect with the vision, the story behind the brand, really. And that's yeah. what, what they get along with. And the, it's it's actually a good thing to show that personality, to be yourself. Mm -hmm. And the people that will connect with that, that will resonate with it, will show up and they'll be your biggest fans, inshallah. Yeah. So that's a huge thing. Um, one last thing, actually, is like, yeah, that I forgot to, uh, for us to touch upon, which is actually uh, the future for Bloomseed. Right. And we talked, we, we slightly talked about that a little bit earlier, but I'd love to get a little bit more info 
what's in the works in terms of your hair care products and in terms of your head spots. You mentioned opening up more locations. What else can we get in terms of that vision that you're planning to go for? More locations uh, for sure. Um, giving you more of uh, more spa experience. Mm-hmm. So currently right now we're doing here, but um, tying in a little bit of maybe facials as well. And um, just like what you would kind of get at other spas but we're gonna be more so hair related. And um, having events where we bring sisters together. I mean, we're already bringing sisters together, but events maybe where we're doing workshops or we're talking about the importance of self-care or we're having sort of like a poetry night. So other ways of sort of bringing us together and uh, building that community of sisters is kind of what I see. Amazing, mashallah. That's amazing. And that's huge because that's not available. Like, I mean, I don't know. I'm in Montreal, Canada, personally. So we're only a few hours away, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't have something like that here. I mean, not that I know of. So it would be it would be huge to be able to have that. I mean, usually you'll have like, you know, you know a sister and you kind of go to her house. And and and, and that's usually what my sisters do. They'll kind of know someone yeah. to go to their house. But, you know, it would be awesome if they could actually have that full spa experience that other women get to have, you know, why yeah. not Muslim women? So yeah. it's, it's just an amazing thing. And I, and I really do hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses this venture for you and makes it easy for you, inshallah. Well, thank you. So time for Q&A, guys. And this is where we kind of put you on the spot, sister. So I hope you're ready. I'm ready. <laughs> All right, let's make it happen, mashallah. So energy is high. We're going to dive into some questions, guys. Now is your chance. If you've ever thought of starting an online store, creating products, opening up a retail location, this is the time, guys. Don't hesitate to ask questions. So let's dive into the first one here. As I scroll through the comments, mm-hmm. uh, we got a few. Let me just dive right in and pull one up here for you, inshallah. Mm-hmm. And while, okay, perfect. So while we're doing that, we have a question here from Sister Riz, and she says, are your products your own creation? Like the ingredients that you use, are they from your own research and development? I know we kind of briefly glanced over it, so I'd love to dive more into that with you. Yeah, so the products are my own creation. Mm-hmm. Um, I pretty much do it in my kitchen, um, but a lot of it is inspired by my grandmother particularly because she grew her herbs in her backyard. And so I, growing up, I used to watch her and I learned a lot about what ingredients uh, to use for hair growth, to you know, for voluminous hair, healthy hair. And so I use a lot of those ingredients. A lot of them I can get out here. Some of them I grow in my backyard. Yeah. Um, and then some of them, well, we can't really travel yet, but... A lot of them I used to bring back from Trinidad. Amazing. So I would use, I use a lot of those um, stuff in my products. So yes, I make them straight from my kitchen. Wow. And yeah, I do research. I'm always continuously doing research. I read a lot of books. When I started out, I read a lot of how to make certain products to get sort of an understanding because you got to understand how much um, like essential oil to put in a product. They're like yeah. there's a standard. So, so understanding that I had to definitely read and educate myself. That's amazing, mashallah. And so the kitchen alchemist has given you the answer straight from the kitchen. That's amazing. <laughs> and so there's there's no excuse really because it's as you mentioned, like uh, especially with these products, you know, these factories, you know, you look at the ingredient list and it's like all these chemicals that you don't even know yeah. that they even existed. Uh, and, yeah. and 
what is it? <laughs> yeah, I realized it exactly. It's made in a lab somewhere. And, and for some reason, you're putting it on your hair. But naturally, you can find ingredients that are good for your hair in nature that are produced by nature. So uh, the fact that you do that with your hair care products is just why I'm such a big fan. Uh, and I'll definitely be recommending them to my sisters as well so they can yeah. take them out, inshallah. <laughs> Another question here from Sister Faye. So she says, Zakia, during the starting point of your business, did you have any downfalls? So what was the greatest lesson from those moments that as women we can learn from you? So this is a challenge uh, in terms of challenges. What kind of challenges did you have growing the business or starting it? Well, um, I guess... I mean, we all go through different challenges in our business. Um, at the beginning, it's, you know, sometimes it's getting clientele. Um, so working hard to put that out there. Um, at times, you know, business is busy. And then at one point it's, it's very slow and it's like, okay, what's happening? Why is it happening? But I guess um, it's staying focused regardless of the up and down, staying focused on what your end goal is and why you're doing it in the first place. So for me, it was about bringing women together. And for me, it was about teaching women how to practice self-care, loving themselves, taking care of themselves. So when I go back to that, that when I go through those hard moments, I think of, okay, I'm doing this because I want to bring women together. I'm doing this because it's important for us to learn about self-care. Um, and I believe that when you practice self-care and when you feel good about yourself and taking care of yourself, you go out in the world and you feel great, right? And that's how I want us to feel. I want us to feel good and, and, and share that positive energy. So going back to your why, going back to why you're doing this in the first place. Mm, that's an amazing answer. And so that really helps kind of ground you in terms of, you know, when you have those moments of self-doubt, self those moments where you maybe don't feel like, you know, you want to do the work today, like you're motivated enough. And I think that's just such a great lesson for us to, to, to have and keep in mind. Uh, another question we have, I can't seem to pull it up, uh, but it's what's the greatest lesson that you've learned from being an entrepreneur? So what was the greatest lesson that you got from this experience and from this journey of being a businesswoman? The greatest lesson? <laughs> I have to think about that for one second. Yeah, take your time, take your time. <laughs> The greatest lesson. I think it almost ties into the question before is just right. sticking it out. Mm. You know, just just sticking it out, uh, continuously believing um, in why you're doing it in the first place. Um, I didn't know that in initially in the beginning, but I sort of learned that later on in the process that that is important um, and not everything is going to go perfectly. In the beginning, when you have the concept and the idea, you think, okay, wow, I have this great idea. It's going to go great. And then you get those times when it's not. Um, and learning that's just how business flows, even just from speaking yeah. to other businesses. You know, there's times when there's going to be hard times to so sort of preparing your mind for that um, and sticking with the, the end goal in mind. Awesome, mashallah. That's amazing. So you guys heard it right here. There's another one, and this is going to be our last one for today, guys. So if you have any more, drop them in the comments. And what we'll do is I'll maybe tag Sister Zakiet. She can hop in when she has a minute or two to answer them, inshallah. But this is another one, and it's actually specifically about uh, packaging. Let me see if I can pull it up specifically. But the sister was asking, essentially, how did you package the product? So this is a specific packaging question. So maybe she wants a little bit of help in terms of uh, the branding side of things, how you branded, package the products themselves. Mm -hmm. 
Well, um, when I initially started, I kind of mapped out who my client was. So mm -hmm. who my client was, what did they look like? Where did they shop? And sort of created a vision board. And I put my vision board together and I put together like the colors that I, I like, okay. um, the look that I was going for. Um, and so that kind of helps you in terms of, okay, what sort of font are you going to use for your, your labels? Um, and what kind of jars you're going to need to create that feeling or that look. So I say, start with a vision board, uh, pick out the colors that you want for this vision board, start there, um, and then research different companies. Like there's a company that I use and I don't mind sharing it. Um, it's called SKS Bottles. Okay. And I get my bottles and jars from there, but um, there's other companies like Aroma, uh, I can't, Aroma Organics. I can't remember the name now, <laughs> but just do your research in terms of you know different companies that are close to you, more so that's easy to get to to get your jars and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I would say those two things, you know, create that vision board to create the look, and then you know research where you can get those jars and bottles from. And keep, it local, local, keep everything local if you can. Yeah, that's a big thing too, because then that allows you also to say that everything is made um, in whatever country, in our case, in Canada. And that's also a big sell point, especially now uh, with COVID and everything happening, people are looking yeah. to uh, essentially buy local, right? So yeah. it's, it's really a huge thing and, and people are starting to be more attentive to that, which is also important. So thank you for that advice. I hope that answers your questions, guys. This is it for our Q&A portion. Sister Zakia, it was honestly an absolute pleasure filled with gems, filled with insights. I mean, we explored so many different topics and I think we have a lesson to learn from every single one. Now, where can people support Bloomseed? How can they connect with you, follow what you what you do and maybe even show up to the spa, the location? Where, where can we find that? <laughs> I want to saying thank you. It was really, really fun. <laughs> so much. Um, you can definitely check me out on, um, check out the website. It's www.bloomseed.com. Seed.com um, and Instagram on Instagram at uh, bloomseed.com and Facebook as well. And you can also shoot me an email at info at bloomseed.com. Amazing. And yeah. We'll drop all the links. Uh, my good friend and brother Katami, who is moderating, will also drop all the links in the comments, guys. And we'll drop them in the description of the podcast, no matter what platform you are on, whether YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, look out for the Bloomseed website link in the description. One thing, sister, is I looked at the website. I couldn't find the exact address on the website of the spa. Where is it located in Toronto if people want to actually visit? Yes, it's at um, 45 Wixseed Ave. That's okay. like more East York. Okay. Um, location that's like major intersection would be like Bayview and Eglinton Avenue East. Yeah, awesome. I'm located there. Beautiful, awesome, guys. So, all the links have been dropped in the comments, and we'll make sure to share them in the description, guys. Zakia, it was an absolute pleasure. Inshallah, maybe we can have you in a future episode where you can now tell us that you have two locations or three yeah. and we can celebrate <laughs> that together. Inshallah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was so much fun. <laughs> Definitely, and likewise. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Make sure to join the group if you haven't already, inshallah. And we'll see you next episode. Every single week, we'll bring on a Muslim entrepreneur to help you in terms of growing your business and support you by sharing their journeys. See you next time. as alaikum.